Tonight I want to talk to you, and the title of the message is called Outside the Camp. You know, I love the gospel so much because it's full of real-life accounts that inspire us all. When we read the accounts of people, sometimes they remain nameless, but they are real people filled with joy, real emotion. They're filled with insecurities, thoughts, tears. They have childhood memories running through the street, the dusty streets of Israel. They have a mind. They have a will. They have emotions. They get wounded by experiences. They put on clothes just like you and I. They interact with people just like we do. They cry. They hurt. You know, as we embark on Serve Day, it will be a great opportunity to reach out to the community. How many of you know that our communities are hurting right now? They are hurting and they feel hopeless and helpless. But the goal of of Serve Day is to reach out to people in the name of the Lord. And the motive is to change their eternity. That's the motive, to change their eternity. Listen, that is the reason the church gets up in the morning. Amen? Our mission is to reach the lost for Christ. That is our mission. It has always been our mission. We need not sleep on that. We need to awake. The Bible says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So let's change that. Let's get up. And let, when we come here Saturday, let, let not the mindset be, I'm just doing this or doing that. I am trying to change the eternities of the people I come in contact with. This is a, one of the greatest opportunities that you will be a part of. This is missions. I've been on the mission field. and We've gone door to door and literally healings have taken place. See, when you're going out with the right mindset that it's not about giving them the water bottle, it's about giving them the love of Christ. It's about conversating. It's about reaching out to those that are in need. We need to understand that the lost are not a group of bad people, and and, and, and then they have some that that are real good lost people. Listen, the lost are the lost. We're either sheep or we're goats. We're either going to heaven or we're going to hell. We're either wheat or tares. We're either living and functioning in the kingdom of God or we're functioning in the kingdom of darkness. This is the church's finest time. This is the most exciting time to be on this earth. I don't know if you understand that, but if you look at things in prophecy, this is the time, I believe, when the great cloud of witnesses are around us in heaven, and they're standing up, and they're watching how the, the torch that they have passed through the blood that they have shed, they passed it to another generation, and that generation, and this thing is wrapping up. And they're looking at us. And we don't want to sit there and say, well, we tried our best. We need to run that final lap that we are in. Run it with everything that we have. Empty all all that you are on this earth. So when you stand before God, you will stand behind before him. And you will be able to say, Jesus, I did everything you asked me to do. Let me lay some groundwork. In Numbers chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, I want to read something to you. 
The Lord spoke to Moses saying, command the sons of Israel that they send away from the camp every leper, everyone having a discharge and everyone who is unclean because of a dead person. You shall send them away, both male and female. You shall send them outside the camp so that they will not defile their camp while I dwell in their midst. And the sons of Israel did so and sent them outside the camp, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. And thus the sons of Israel did. Now, when you look in the Bible and you see leprosy, leprosy is a picture of sin. Leprosy is a picture of sin. So when you look at this, let me ask you a question. I like to go into the text. What if your child, your precious child, contracted leprosy, or your beautiful wife, or your handsome husband, you would have to separate from them. They would have to live in a camp outside of the camp where where, where God's people dwelt. That is happening right now. There are people that are outside the kingdom of God. There are families. There are friends. Some of it is our children, our wife, our husband. They are outside of our camp. And they are separate from us. And there's coming a day when this thing will wrap up. And we don't want anybody that we come in contact with to be left out. So you need to understand that leprosy is a spiritual condition much like a physical condition. See, God could not be in the presence of defilement. This was taught as safety, but it was also taught as an example. You see, it's much like religion. Religion will give you a big list like WebMD, but it gives you no ability to fix the problem of leprosy. To bring this into perspective, we're going to look at a a very important truth by a nameless leper. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 42. And this this is where we'll be the rest of the night. And a leper came to him, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And moved with compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Now think about this is one of the most powerful pictures that you will ever come across in your Bible. Think about this. Let's talk about leprosy. It was a dreaded disease. The end result was slow and painful death. The disease generally begins with a pain in a certain area of the body. Then numbness would come. Then soon the skin in such spots would lose its original color. As the sickness would progress, it would thicken and it would become dirty sores. Now listen, I don't like disease. (laughs) So this gives me... The frissons to even talk about this. But listen, the skin, especially around the eyes and ears, began to bunch up with deep furrows. And and then it, it started to swell. And their face would resemble that of a lion. The, the pain would lead to nerve damage. Then numbness and loss of, of feeling would, would, would be felt on their hands and their feet and their nose. The nervous system would be unplugged, and you would not be able to feel the effects. All sense of feeling would be gone, and you could literally scratch your your hand, and it could fall off. 
Think about this. Eyebrows and eyelashes drop out. By the time this happens, you can see somebody is in a pitiful condition. Then their voice would become raspy and they would excrete an unpleasant odor. Their throat would become hoarse. Now think of that. In fact, the Old Testament, out of all the diseases, uses leprosy to define sin. You see, this is what happens. Leprosy affects the entire human like sin. Leprosy goes beneath the skin and affects underneath the skin. <laughs> leprosy hinders your ability to see like sin. Leprosy will numb you to righteousness like sin. Leprosy has a crippling effect and will cause you to walk differently like sin. Leprosy affects the way you speak. So does sin. Leprosy can spread to others. So can sin. Leprosy defiles and alienates people. So does sin. Leprosy can result in a loss of feeling. So can sin. It numbs you to the effects of sin. But leprosy can be healed by Jesus Christ. So can sin. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Point number one. Mark chapter 1 verse 40. The leper came to him. Now notice he pushed through the crowd of followers. He, he didn't settle just coming in the group. He pushed through the group to get to Jesus. In other words, just coming to church is not good enough. You must have a relationship with Jesus. My, now keep in mind, the very fact that this leper came is amazing. See, during those days, I just read it to you, lepers were considered to be outcasts. They could not come into contact with non-lepers. They were confined outside of a camp in their own colony. Their living arrangements was done to protect non-lepers. And it's not uncruel. God set it up this way, but it was a picture of defilement. You got to understand there was not much medicine of those days that can help. So all you could do was quarantine people. But you see, God always has a perfect plan and he always teaches a spiritual lesson. In Leviticus 13, 45 and 46, it says, as for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn and hair, the hair of his head shall be uncovered. And he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. And he shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone and his dwelling shall be outside the camp. Now, he would tear his clothes as an act of mourning. You see, many today don't even mourn over sin. They just, it's just a, a, a way of life. But you see, sin causes alienation which causes bondage. When you're alienated, bondage could come and say, nobody will understand. You better stay hidden. You better stay away from everybody. If that bondage is shown, you will corrupt everyone else. Then he would cover his face so he would not give it to anyone else. And think about this. He would have to scream, unclean, unclean. Could you imagine the horror behind that? This is warning people to flee that I'm in your area. The Talmud forbade, this is Jewish history. It said it for, for, forbidden a Jew to come closer 
than six feet to a leper. And if the wind was blowing, they would have to stay 150 feet. One rabbi said, when I see lepers, I throw stones at them lest they come near me. I would not even eat an egg that was in a street in a market where the leper walked. Now let's go deeper. Imagine the pain and embarrassment this nameless leper would have felt. The years of finger pointing, remarks, living in seclusion. So the very fact that Jesus would even be approached by a leper is amazing. This is faith in action. See, one day he heard that Jesus was coming through. One day he heard that Jesus was a healer. Maybe he was outside the camp in this colony, and he leans over to his buddy and says, hey, do you think Jesus can heal our leprosy? Do you think Jesus could heal this disease? I'm tired of living in this devastation and seclusion. How many of you know there comes a time in a life of sin where you've had enough? (laughs) I mean... I'm tired of feeling depressed. I'm tired of dealing with these bondages that are choking the life out of me. Have you ever been there? Do you remember a time when you heard the name of Jesus and hope sprung up on the inside of you? Or has numbness occurred by being weary? Now, I can picture him in my mind. As he would rush to his closet and put on these torn robes as his skin would hurt. And he would push that Middle Eastern dust into his skin. And in his mind, he begins to think, I need to get to Jesus. He's probably started thinking, I know there's a crowd. I can't be in the crowd. I have to holler unclean. I hate having to say unclean. But yet in his mind, he knew that Jesus was coming through. What would he think if I, if I approached the crowd and they throw stones at me? I don't really want to be stoned. I can deal with seclusion. I can deal with ridicule. But this would mean sure death. Nevertheless, he leaves the colony and heads to Galilee. He's probably thinking of the fastest route to get there. Have you ever been there? When you say, man, I need Jesus, I need to stop what I'm doing and fall on my knees and ask God to wash me, to cleanse me, to help me. Have you ever been there? Praise God. That's that's what God does. Now imagine the rage of all the people. Now everybody in this group is a hypochondriac. I'm telling the story, so they're all hypochondriacs. (laughs) No, not really. I would be a hypochondriac. Now imagine this guy's walking up in this crowd and they say, man, dude, you cannot be here. We're all infected probably. That's probably what I would have said. But listen, this man had everything to lose but everything to gain. You might come to a crossroads in your life. It's called salvation. You have everything to lose, but you have everything to gain. That is what every person on the face of this earth must do. We must leave the confines of our sinful ways and rush to the feet of Jesus. Notice the leper comes and throws himself at the feet of Jesus. No fear of rejection. 
Think of that. We're, we can be rejected from family, from friends, but friend, when you go to Jesus, you do not have to worry about being rejected. Amen. Praise God. And listen, this is the message we need to carry to our neighbors. This is, this is the message we carry outside the camp. But let me ask you this. How effective will it be in your friends and family if you're putting leprous comments on Facebook? Do you not realize that that is one of the most damaging things you can do? It pushes people far from the gospel. We need to be reaching out to people and keep our opinions to ourselves. I, I don't know how else to say that. Listen, when you take a position, you're alienating people. What we need to do is stay kingdom-minded. What will help the kingdom of God? That's all we need to be concerned about is grabbing that lost soul, whoever that may be. That needs to be our motive behind everything that we do. Everywhere that we go, our motive needs to see that leprous soul that needs healing. But what if they don't see that we're healed? What if they still see our spots? Now think about this. The, the, the life application is that the leper came by faith, which is a picture that every one of us must do. And at the same time, it needs to be real in our own life. But when we go out, we need to extend that same invitation. When, we, when we're with our co-workers, when we're with our family, we need to exhibit faith in Christ. They need to see that we are healed. Amen? Point number two, the leprous cry, Mark 140, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying to him, if you are willing. He said, if you are willing. Think about that. The, the person that is living in the world or maybe let's just say us, when we came to Christ. It's a humbling of yourself. It's acknowledging, God, I know that I'm a sinner, that I have fallen short. I know that in and of myself, there is nothing I can do to change these spots. But you see, people don't even see that they're crippled. How many of, how many of you realize that one day? That you realize that, man, well, no hands. <laughs> Imagine that. You come to, I came to the Lord. I had been in church. I had, I had heard Bible studies and all that. But there was one day that I just came and I had got a revelation of who I was apart from Christ. And it disgusted me. I saw my spiritual leprosy and it drove me to action. Amen. You must come to that time in your life when you see yourself in the light of Christ. He says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Not, you see, not approaching him is not giving him the ability to touch you and remove that leprosy. He is the only one you can go to. In Colossians 2, 13 through 14, it says, And when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together 
with him, having forgiven us all of our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of the degrees that was against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. There was things that were against us. The law. You had to keep the law. No one could keep the law. That was against us. That was the nail on the coffin for humanity. But Jesus stepped down out of eternity and came to this earth and lived for 33 and a half years, fulfilling every single law that was against us. And the Bible says he nailed it to his cross. That was a picture of leprosy. We were sinful, away from God. We could not be in God's presence. But Jesus came down to take that from us and to remove that sickness. You know, we, a lot of people don't even consider that to be a big deal. They think, well, I'm just going to go to Jesus and, it's gonna, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll kick the tires on this thing. Listen, when the doctor diagnoses you with cancer, you are you are. In your mind, all you're worried about is what the doctor is saying. You're worried about the cure. You're not scrolling through cancer research to, to get to the sports page. You come to that revelation that this cancer is going to kill me, and I need to do everything in my power to pay attention to what the doctor is saying and take the medicine. Same thing with Jesus. When you realize that I have some stuff against me, that I'm outside of Christ, that I, it, apart from Christ, I can't please him, that I will spend eternity apart from Christ, that revelation pushes you to action. Now, point number three, the leprous declaration of faith, Matthew 8, 2. You can make me clean. Think of that. He's saying, you have the power and the authority to help me to make me new. You can give me new life. You and only you can change my condition. You see, the, the leper saw his condition. He saw his lesions. He saw, he heard his raspy voice. He could blow into his, his hands and taste his breath. He knew that he was sick. But if you're just in a colony with other people that have the same disease, you're looking, well, at least I still got in my hand. He rubbed his off. It could be a normal. See, when you're in the world, you, you're judging yourself based on each other. But when you, when you understand that I have to line up with God and God is perfect and I'm not, now we have a problem. But that makes Jesus, which is the cure, that much better. It's a life-changing moment that we must all experience. What's the life application? We cry out to the Lord for salvation. We ask the Lord to save us, to cleanse us, to wash us. We, we begin to start to see other people as they are, not in a judging, condemning way. Jesus would look at people and say that they were sheep without a shepherd, and it would break his heart. When you see people acting foolish or doing what people that are outside of Christ do, that should break our hearts. When we see the things that we see that are coming out of people's mouth, instead of getting mad and wanting to throw out an opinion, we should say, man, look at the evidence of his lostness. But can they say, look at the evidence of your Christ-likeness? That's the key. That's what's going to win people. It, it, we, could, we could quote all kind of scripture. We could say all these different things, and they're all true. But if we're exhibiting a different lifestyle, 
we are not drawing them in. We're giving them an excuse to say, I'll just stay sick because you sick. Point number four, the Lord's response. Mark chapter one, verses 41. And moved with compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. Listen, Jesus responded with deep compassion. Literally, he called, it caused him to have sympathy for the man. The, the very word compassion means a desire to alleviate the pain. Now, do you not know that Jesus is able to identify with every pain that you are dealing with. There is nothing outside of the master's hand that he cannot touch, transform, and change. There is a world outside of this camp that Jesus has compassion for. And he wants to use you and I to exhibit his compassion. But in our own world, we get self-centered, like Pastor Todd was saying, we just worried about us. But the heartbreaks that you come across is where you get your compassion. See, if you've dealt with bondages, if you dealt with drugs and God has freed you from that, when you see a drug addict, it breaks your heart because you know how they feel. When I talk to someone who's dealing with loss or the fact that they will never be able to have children, I have compassion for them because I have been through that. And it breaks my heart. And everything in me wants to get on my knees, hold their hand, and pray that they don't have to face that. And they move on to full-term pregnancy. Praise God. Or when, when I see what cancer does to family, it makes me say, let's pray that cancer would be removed from your body. And I'm not just pray praying a flippant prayer. I'm praying and calling down the very glory of heaven to invade that physical body and move cancer out of the way. And that should be what we do. We're the church. We're the power of the living God exhibited on this earth. We have the highest calling ever given to man. It's to go out and preach the gospel, teach the gospel, live the gospel, walk the gospel. We should have every expectation when we come in contact with people that God is going to deliver on his promises. I don't know how to relay this to you. God is all powerful. He is mighty. There is, the Bible says nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. That nothing is whatever you're facing, whatever someone else is facing. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. That's our message. It does not matter how dirty you are, how steeped in sin you are. God can reach down and pick you up out of that pit, clean you off, and make you a spokesperson for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Then it says he stretched out his hand. Imagine for a moment if you're the guy with leprosy. He lived his life every day that any time he moved up, people moved back. No one ever extended a hand to him. The very sight of this man would cause people to pick up their picnic basket and flee. Could you imagine that? 
Jesus does the absolute unthinkable. The Bible says he reached down and touched him. You know, Jesus could have just said, be healed. But maybe Jesus knew the longing of his heart was simply to be touched by another human being. The word literally means that Jesus gripped him tightly. He healed Peter's mother-in-law and took her by the hand. He healed Jairus' daughter and took her by the hand. The Bible says he laid hand on a few sick people and healed them all. The deaf and dumb guy, he stuck his, his fingers in his ear. Jesus took the demoniac boy and healed him and took him by the hand. He would pick up children and bless them. The Old Testament, he always desired to be with man. He walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Adam fell and blew it. Then he comes to Moses. He's dwelling in a tabernacle. He personally guided the children of Israel with a cloud by day and a fire by night. When Solomon built that great and marvelous temple, God's presence showed up and everybody hit the deck. In the manger, he came to live with man for 33 and a half years to be with us. And when we pass on or the rapture comes first, he's going to come down and personally escort us into the portals of glory. See, our God is an intimate God. He is an embracing God. His desire is to reach down and touch you no matter what circumstance you're going through. God is a hands-on God. Jesus was saying, I don't fear your disease. I am mightier than that sickness. And I don't fear what people think. I died for the outcast. Think of that. The Bible says in Isaiah that he took on our grief. He took on our sorrow. The Bible says that they viewed him as smitten and afflicted by God. But he did that so we could come in. In Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, it says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we were, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace in our time of need. Mark 1, 41, I am willing, be cleansed. You know what that says in the Greek? It's present tense, means I am always willing. I am always willing, no matter what you need. God, are you willing? I am willing. I died on Calvary's cross to meet that need. Jesus said, I am willing, be cleansed. If Jesus is willing for leprosy to disappear, it has to. If Jesus is willing for bondage to be broken, it has to. If Jesus is willing to bless you, open up your windows and get ready to receive. If Jesus is willing for you to be healed, be healed. If Jesus is willing for your marriage to work, guess what? It'll work, and we know that it is his will. If Jesus is willing for a storm to stop, it must stop on a dime. Whatever his will is for your life must come to pass. The question is, is your will buffeting against God's will? Listen, if you lay your will down and say, Lord, I, I, I just want your will, I promise you he will answer it because he wants his will for your life too. Mark 142, and immediately the leprosy left him. And he was cleansed. 
Now, Mark, he always uses the word leprosy. He used it 41 times out of the 62 times in the New Testament. Think about that. You can live a life 50, 60, 70, 80 years of total debauchery, total sinfulness. Every single day you wake up and your mind is on sin. Every action is sin. But God Almighty, when you come to Christ immediately, since power is broken and you are made right with God. Immediately. Think about this. Go back to the leper. Imagine as he would look down at his hands and see his fingers and toes. Imagine as he rubbed his skin and there was no pain, no more itching, no more foul odor. His voice would be crystal clear. Maybe he could sing like Nathan. Before, with that raspy voice, he probably sounded like me. <laughs> you see, when God saves you, every part of your life begins to line up. Your speech begins to change. His hair began to grow back. He looked differently. He was no longer limping. He was able to walk. Things that dried up begin to flow again. Relationships can become salvaged because Jesus Christ gives you a new heart and a new mind. He will give you a new will and purpose. And purpose can sw spring forth like water on dry parched land. And he would never have to use that word unclean, unclean again. That's the beauty of the gospel. If that does not excite you, refocus on the gospel. The gospel is the good news. It's the greatest news ever given to mankind. Now, how can all this be done? How could Jesus touch him and be ceremonially, ceremonially, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hebrews 13, 10 and 16. I want to read you a verse. Man, this shocked me. We have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. And the body of the animals were burned outside the camp. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our present home. We are looking forward to a home yet, yet to come. Therefore, let us through Jesus, a continual sacrifice, a praise of, to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And listen to this. And do not forget to do good and share to those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. See, we have a better altar than a Levitical altar. We have a better priesthood than a Levitical priesthood. We have the kings and priests unto God, and we have the cross of Jesus Christ that makes us right and makes us a spokesperson for the king of kings. Can you understand what the writer of Hebrews is saying? He is saying that Jesus died outside the camp to make us clean. And what he's wanting to do is bring those outside the camp into the camp. 
What Jesus was saying is, I will take their defilement. I will take their leprosy. I will take their inabilities, and I will give them my abilities. Incidentally, Jesus was crucified outside the camp of Jerusalem. Could you imagine Jesus wanting to banish that word unclean, unclean, from the human language? But not only that, now that we're saved, we've given our life to the Lord. Jesus is saying, go outside the camp. Come on, I don't think you heard me. He wants us to go outside the camp. You come here to get refreshed, but you get your mandate to go out. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. He went outside the camp. He went outside of the community and took on everything that ailed man so God would turn his face from Jesus so he could shine his face on us. It's the great exchange. It's the glory of the gospel. That should excite you with every ounce of being. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. God has called you and equipped you to reach out and bring people into the the kingdom. He's given you the power of his name, the power of his blood. He said, lay hands on the sick and I'll heal them. Do we do that? It's kind of awkward. Maybe. What if they don't get healed? Listen. God is in management. We're in sales. We just do what he tells us to do. We don't have to take the credit if he doesn't heal, and we don't take the credit if he does heal. Praise God. Listen, I want you to understand, and I know I speak for Pastor Todd as well. It's not about water bottles, painting. It's not about door-to-door handing out school supplies. Those are great things. But it's about changing the destinies of everybody we come into contact with. It's about getting them here on Sunday to hear the gospel and give the gospel an opportunity to work on the inside and resurrect a soul from death. That's the goal of this weekend. That's the purpose of serving. We're not going to hand out bottles just to, hey, here you go. Why are you doing this? Just to be nice. No, we're doing it for the gospel to go forth. That they can see, man, this church is really exhibiting the love of Jesus. I want to go and hear what they have to say. This church is really trying to help me in my financial trouble by giving school supplies. This church really cares about the community because they're going out and painting and picking up trash and doing things for the community. Why? So they will come in and experience the love of Jesus and their eternities will literally be changed as we take them by the power of Jesus out of the kingdom of darkness and transfer them into the kingdom of light. And when you stand before God, you know what's going to happen? He's going to say, you remember that water bottle you handed out? You handed it out to somebody that was in need. And my power convicted them by the conversation you had. And here they are. Those school supplies that you, you walked and you handed out and you worked the tables and you guided people, you know what that resulted in? A hundred people came to know me. That's what this is about. We need to get excited about changing the eternity of people that are outside the camp. Can we stand? Praise God.
That was cute. (laughs) Now listen, I want to ask you, before we go any further, how many of you can say that I recognize that I'm not clean before God, and I want to make a decision to follow the King of Kings? I just want to see your hand. Praise God. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. Come on, let's let's pray. We're going we're gonna to ask the Lord, to. we're going to invite his presence into your life. Praise God. This is the greatest decision you can possibly make. Your eternity is changed right now by the decision that you are making. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. And it's not the prayer that saves you. It's the fact that you mean it, okay? So let's pray with them. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you. In the name of your son, Jesus, I confess that I have sinned, that I have broken your laws. I repent. I ask you to cleanse me and wash me by your precious blood that you shed on the cross. I believe in my heart that you died in my place. And that you have risen on the third day. So I can rise too. Thank you for saving me. I am a child of the King. I am a child of the King. I am a child of the King. Jesus is my Lord. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. After the service, I want you to come up and tell us that you made the decision. We have a gift for you. Now listen, as we go out, let's ask the Lord right now, quickly. You're going out into the community. We need power from on high. So let's ask God. God, we ask right now in the name of your son, Jesus, that you would give us a servant's heart, a servant's mind, to know that the, the, the harvest is plentiful. And God, we don't want the workers to be few. Use us. Empower us. Equip us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And God, we ask that you would anoint our efforts. In Jesus' name, I pray and ask. And the church said, amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. You are dismissed.